0: welcome to our podcast. I'm Dan Smith, I've been with Mitsubishi Electric now for three years. I guess we'll start by introducing myself. So I currently sit within the project development function at Mitsubishi, having completed a recent secondment with the corporate team. I came into the business as a sales support coordinator and have bobbed and weaved myself through to the position that I am today, project development. Uh, So I sit within the main contractor arena and uh, as well as working with some end users. I guess that kind of ties in nicely to introducing my colleague, Kev. Um, Kev, over to you. Thanks, Dan. I'm uh, Kev. I'm in the corporate solutions
1: team at Mitsubishi Electric. Um, I'm a business development manager and I work with uh, large corporate end user clients and universities um, with HVAC supply and also to help them to achieve their wider decarbonisation goals.
0: Awesome, Kev. Why has this po- um, Why is this podcast come out come around? Why are we doing this podcast?
1: It all came about um, when we started to notice a bit of a shift in the industry over the last eighteen months. A lot of businesses are starting to take their sustainability and CSR goals uh, a lot more seriously, and we've noticed a massive pivot in the industry from our clients. Um, we're noticing a lot of inquiries to do with air source heat pumps and decarbonisation of heat um, and other issues such as indoor air quality with uh, the COVID situation and the pandemic at the moment. Indoor air quality has come a lot to the fore, so I thought it would be a good platform for us to talk about some of the common issues our clients face and to have a discussion amongst us all and hopefully
0: try and help people out and inform them a bit absolutely i think it's probably worth um going back a step slightly and, and kind of explaining to our listeners um where we sit within the business so you said that you're part of the corporate team is it worth just kind of uh giving a brief overview of what, of what the corporate team do kevin and, and kind of what your day-to-day role looks like
1: yeah that, that's that's a good point then i suppose that would be a really good thing to do so uh, the corporate team at mitsubishi work with um end-user clients. So these are the people that are actually owning and operating the equipment. Uh, We don't just work with the end-user clients but we work with the entire supply chain and we can work with them uh, commercially but also with other value-added things that we do for them. So we, uh, we, like I said, we work on whole estate strategies for decarbonisation and and optimising our kit, uh, we, we work on large rollout programs, we give them advice technically, we keep them up to date on legislation. Yeah, it's it's quite a varied role actually, but not so varied at the moment, considering I haven't left my house <laughs> for about a year.
0: Yeah, I, my, my kind of responsibility as a project development um, exec or a BDM. Um, is I sit within the middle of the sales team. So I guess as an analogy, I, I, if you're a rugby man, I play number 10. If you're, if you're football, uh, I'm center mid. You know, I'm working with the different sales functions within Mitsubishi Electric. So I speak to yourself in the corporate team, I speak to the consultant team, and I speak to the contractor guys. So I'm kind of guiding a project through the REBA stages and I try and embed sustainability uh, all the way throughout that REBA, Reba process. Kev, so, sustainability, why sustainability for you, That on, on a personal level, firstly?
1: Yeah, I suppose, um, ever since, I've found myself almost becoming an activist to, to that point in with, with sustainability. I feel so strongly about it. I've changed my car to electric, I've, um, looking at putting an air source in my house at the moment, um, and it, I, I just think if we don't do something about it now, um, then, uh, our kids in future won't have much of a life in general. Yeah. So I think it's really important, and that both as both as people, and as uh, as uh, in our business lives as well, that 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 we do our best to impact the world in, in a positive manner.
0: Mm. Um, it's that saying, you know, leaving leaving a place um, better than, than when you first found it. I think is quite uh, resonating in in the sustainability front.
1: Yeah, I, I saw a like a brilliant quote on a ed article this week actually from um, from a guy called David McKay. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he was the um, late scientific advisor to Deck, and he said, "Don't be distracted by the myth that every little helps. If everyone does a little, we'll achieve only a mm. little. We must do a lot. That's what what's required of big changes." So, yeah, I I like, I like that. I think that's a really nice philosophy, and we can really impact. Um, the business world with what we're doing on scale, with helping people to do this, and that's why I'm so passionate about it, and that's why I wanted to be part of this. What about you,
0: mate? Absolutely, so I guess my passion comes from, I was really lucky to to go on on some travels um, and live in a few different countries post my university studies, and, my passion really came from the sheer volume of of plastic waste that I was seeing uh, when visiting these these incredible countries that I guess you would associate with being very clean and kind of untouched and pristine pristine beaches. But in fact, Kev, it was actually the complete opposite. The amount of plastic pollution w- was incredible. Um, from there, I guess I knew I wanted to work with a business that would benefit society through their product. And I think that's exactly kind of what um, Mitsubishi Electric can do. You know, go, going back to what you were just saying about that that quote then, it's, it's that having that attitude of saying, you know, it's one plastic bottle said a million people, you know. It just takes that one change. And I think that we're on a journey now to... I guess I'm on a personal journey, and a journey is a business to, to be more sustainable. And I have to emphasize that, that it is a journey. You know, it's a behavioural change. We're not going to get it perfect straight away. But I guess that's what kind of is exciting for me. I suppose it's it's learning along the way, learning from other businesses, and, uh, and kind of kind of trying to do better um, as as we progress. As we are, progress.
1: Are you doing anything at home yourself? Have you what have you what are you doing?
0: Yeah, good question. So um, I've recently switched to a renewable energy provider, so all of my less electricity comes from a clean renewable source, such as solar or wind. Um, the gas that I use is offset. And then I suppose um, I've made some behaviour changes. As I said, I'm not perfect. I think it's really important to recognise that, that that I'm not perfect in the sustainability front. Um, I've changed simple things from renewable coffee mugs to uh, renewable water bottles. I'm sat here drinking out of a renewable water bottle now. Even down to to a toothbrush. I'm using bamboo toothbrushes. So um, I think there's some really easy, quick wins that that anyone can get. Not only just as as businesses, but on a personal level. And I think that um, more recently I've seen some incredible companies that are doing um, some carbon offsetting. Uh, and at really reasonable prices so i've recently become a proud owner actually of a small forest so i own I, i've planted 100 trees kev nice. at 100, 100, 100, yeah well not quite myself but <laughs> uh, i should probably get my hands dirty but I, i've paid i've paid to um to plant those 100 trees and and, and i can i will hopefully continue to do so and that's going to offset my uh my future travels or my traveling to work etc etc and 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 it's something that was really reasonable, and and I think that's something that not only I can do, but businesses can do. How about yourself, Kev? How about yourself?
1: Yeah, like I said, I've I've looked at looked at the, the heat pumps, and I, I do um, renewable energy as well. I haven't got to the tree planting stage yet, Dan, but I'm sure I'll I'll get there eventually. Um, yeah, so I, I suppose we're talking about on a, on our own level, a little bit of a taste of what what the people we're dealing with in the corporate world are doing um, day to day now Um, and I think the the plastic and the offsetting is is great but what I'm noticing is that a lot of businesses now are realizing that they can't just offset everything and they need to actually um, look at using less and using renewable energy sources for power but also for heating because it plays such a big role in a building's energy usage, is to the heating and cooling of the building. Um, and I think in particular the, the main issue that's facing a lot of our clients and that we're getting a lot of inquiries about at the moment is, is how to decarbonise the heat. It's how do you replace a gas boiler with a heat pump or with an, another technology like biomass decarbonize the heat and and they're really scratching their heads at the moment and it is a big problem that we're working on um and every building and every client's different we've got people we deal with that have multiple retail sites that were all built in the last 10 years all the way to a university that's almost a thousand years old with i suppose two foot thick solid stone walls and (laughs) stained glass windows it's it's just a massive challenge and i think exploring that and having some industry leading guests on the program in future i think that's definitely one that we need to explore in a bit bit more detail i mean schools and unis they're they're sort of at the forefront the units are definitely um at, at the forefront of the uh, decarbonization of heat at the moment a lot of them have Uh, departments where they've got doctors uh, and professors researching how to do this. So Mm. a lot of the stuff they're looking at is at the forefront. And with the schools, um, it's a bit more difficult because the schools are all individual. Um, So we're seeing um, uh, where we actually uh, started. I've started engaging with a charity called um, Let's Go Zero. um, And they are aiming to get um, over 20,000 schools signed up across it's the amazing. UK to hit net zero and I think that's so fantastic and uh, one of the things that I'm going to do is is help with that um, and uh, give them some material on how to effectively reduce their energy consumption um, and then later stages when it starts coming to boilers being replaced we can advise them
0: on that as well and help them. I think mean, yeah Kev I was just going to jump in there and, and, and kind of ask you the really obvious question is I think everybody in their homes and and probably in commercial offices just just i guess um, associate heating and cooling with with your gas boiler what are we doing that's different to to decarbonize these estates what are we offering
1: yeah i suppose I, once when i was uh when i was first starting out at, at mitsubishi I, the first product i ever sold actually was was heat pumps it was the ecodan units and i can remember going in and sitting with a developer and he's like why should i fit a box on the outside of a building that that can only hit 50 degrees um and it's going to cost more and i was like well hang on a minute it's going to it's going to be a lot less to run for the people that you're building the house for and it's going to completely um offset the carbon if you use a renewable energy provider um and he still just didn't get it and I said well let's flip this around, to say that everything's been heated by air source heat pumps for the last 200 years and I'm coming in and trying to sell you a gas boiler, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a box in your house and what we're going to do is put gas into it and then we're going to burn that gas <laughs> and it's going to run the radiators at 70 degrees so don't touch them for too long because you could burn yourself.
0: It's, just, it's looking at things in different ways I suppose Dan it's definitely an education piece isn't it and it's as i said at the start it's going on the sustainability journey am i right in saying kev so when you're burning gas you get one kilowatt in you get one kilowatt out what's the kind of efficiency levels with an air source heat pump
1: yeah it's it's not quite exactly that you can't just give a sort of figure for that because it really does depend on when it's working so if you're trying to heat something in the summer and it's hot outside it will be super duper duper efficient like 500 percent efficient but generally on average you would say about about 300 to 350 percent efficient so one kilowatt of elect- electricity and then two to two and a half kilowatts of energy from the air over the year
0: and using that as exactly. renewable energy to power the building so there's, uh, there's going to be a huge shift and there is a huge shift in construction in general isn't there i guess the the last 12 months have have really uh, taught us a few different sustainability lessons. And and I think that the way we move forward is gonna be with the green economy um, and building greener. I think we're seeing a lot of uh, prefab and modular builders coming to the surface. They're they're being able to control their builds, speed up the building process whilst maintaining still that high level uh, specification.
1: Um, Yeah, I I think you're right there, Dan. I I think that sort of uh, comment takes me back to October last year. When i was at the um, association of university directors of estates annual conference and they they were talking about um, different schemes which you'll probably see a lot more because you work at at the earlier river stages but but they they were seeing a shift to passive house design away from Breham, Um yeah. and um, there's it's i just think it's really important it'd be really interesting to see what's going to happen with the building regs because I remember, I don't know if you remember the code for sustainable homes, we were all supposed to be having net zero carbon homes by now, and that's not happened. So it would be, be really interesting to see the the carrots and sticks that, that move people
0: towards it. Yeah, I think, you know, there's some huge pledges from, from construction companies, from landowners, and, and this is being driven by... Um, a slight generational shift in the way that we are viewing our own carbon footprint and I think that we're becoming really aware through the likes of people like David Attenborough educating myself and others and there's other people who are obviously really good really good sources to look at but Kevin you finding that you think that this this kind of shift is really being driven from from students within the education sector for example or, or from, from as I said the new generation of um, of like-minded business people coming through the industry. You see it yeah. being pushed from the bottom. I,
1: I, I must say before we say about the students, and I do think there is sort of a really strong push and the students are a lot more educated and they do take it into account that there are still a lot of people in business at the moment at senior levels that are that are a bit older that seem to get the picture and they're buying into it now and they see it. Absolutely. But I do think that change is, is, is being driven by by uh, people who are now probably at uni and uh, they they say a lot of graduates are looking at companies and their sustainability credentials before they decide whether or not they want to join them and uh, universities in particular there's a there's a whole website just set up to to rank universities in order of uh, in in order of sustainability and, and people actually use it and they hold the universities to account and track them and they follow all their policies and the universities are really competitive they love league tables so <laughs> they were all sort of like working to see. I, I, I remember once seeing a university director of estate state saying they had a competition to see how many bike spaces they had at a university and they wanted to get the most bike spaces. It's like anything they
0: can be measured on, they want to be the best at, which is quite nice, really. It's appealing, isn't it? It gives you something tangible. And I think that does relate to... To the sustainability piece, and it's having um, a tangible figure. You know, I, I, I mentioned earlier about me switching to a renewable um, electricity provider, and I recently said had... about perfect. I remember you saying that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Um, <laughs> they they kind of mentioned that I had an annual summary, and they put um, they put my savings into really tangible kind of figures. So I'd saved an X amount of of. Uh, tons, but instead of saying it was in, in, in kind of kilowatts, they said you saved an X amount of tons in, in the weight of a rhino, for example, and it just makes it a little bit more um, kind of real, kind of relates to exactly what people can uh, associate, you know, day-to-day life being um, rather than just kind of giving out numbers and, and, and kind of confusing jargon. That's a really good. I'm going to start putting in my proposals. This will save you seven
1: rhinos in, in CO2. <laughs> That's a good. One. Let's do that. Let's measure it in rhinos. But yeah, Don't no, it's, it Don't is import. interesting, and I'm I'm really looking forward to sort of like going a bit a bit more into detail. I, I I mean we've given we've covered a bit quite a bit of ground here, but it will be really interesting moving forward having a chat with you and the rest of the team on these podcasts about these sustainability issues in a bit more detail like I'm really keen to, to discuss the decarbonisation of heat um mm-hmm. in a bit more detail and go into the nitty-gritty with some of these directors of estates um maybe get them on on the podcast and have a chat about what they're doing because we come Absolutely. across them day to day and 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 uh, we 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 get a really nice view of it because we're not just seeing it from one university's point of view. We're seeing it from like the whole sector, really, with all the people that we're dealing with. What what about you, Dan? Have you got anything that you really want to talk about?
0: I think the beauty of this subject is that we can have a real plethora of different companies, from from big corporates to 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 start up businesses. I think it's all brought together by the common shared interest of sustainability, and I think that's really refreshing. Um, and I think coming out of lockdown, we're going to see probably office spaces that, that, that are going to be co-working and hot desks with the likes of big corporates and startups sat alongside each other, uh, purely for the interests of sustainability. So I think that would be a really good kind of avenue to explore and, and kind of get lost down that little journey. And uh, yeah, we really welcome anyone who's, who's, who's willing to chip in and, and come and chew the fat with, with the team. Um, drop us a message and uh, we'll get in touch. I guess for now, Kev. Um, happy to wrap it up there. Yeah, let's let's wrap up. Um, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, if anyone is still listening, thanks so much. <laughs> and uh, and um, as I said, I'm not perfect, and this has been Dan Smith, Kev Pocock, Mitsubishi Electric's uh, our podcast. And we'll catch up soon.